Welcome to the Fitfiliate Podcast, where with honesty and transparency, we talk about all things fitness, coaching, and gym ownership, so that you can feel less crazy and frustrated and alone, while you also find more freedom and make more money. And we're back with another episode of the Fitfiliate Podcast, um, and joined by Chuck and Tony this morning to drop some pearls of wisdom for us. How are you, gentlemen? Delightful. Delightful. That's a good one. So today I thought we'd talk about something that seems very prevalent in the life of an affiliate owner, and that is uh, understanding your own value and, you know, pricing points and, you know, uh, getting past some of those sticking points and barriers that really can hold affiliate owners back from understanding their own value and their price. I know that the common perception is when you open up, you figure out what everyone else is doing and either go slightly less or the same or you don't know why your price is your price. You don't understand <laughs> what what's in that. It's just, or if you bought an affiliate as well, that's what the other person had. Um, so, you know, I thought today would be value chat around uh, pricing and value and how you should determine some of that stuff and understand that stuff. Excellent. Well, where did we begin with you? <laughs> With uh, what do you charge and why? Well, what preceded that? Um, just talking about what we offer, what we do, who so we, we be. We started with the four horsemen, right? Yeah. And for anybody that's not familiar, would you just like brief, brief overview of kind of what that is in that that section of the relationship, what we're after? Um, would you want to cover off on that anyway and just sort of from your perspective, dot point that? Well, our perspective is less helpful than your perspective because everybody <laughs> assumes that like, you know, they assume that like the guys that own the business coaching company have like really solidified thoughts, but like for us to see how it was translated to you and what was sticky for you is better feedback for us and probably more useful for your peer group. Yeah. So the Four Horsemen for me was about uh, the, the, fa- the pillars on, on which I had to look at how I opened the business. So my value, um, my mission and the vision and look like our just cause and, you know, working our way through how does that translate to what we do day to day for me? Yeah. So like establishing kind of like, you know, I'm going to, can you hear PR barking? I don't know what the fuck he's barking at. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, he's a potato. He's a barking potato. Yeah. <laughs> Come here. Stop. Anyway, you guys keep going. I'm going to get him out of here. Yep. Come here. Sorry, sorry, Tony, forgot one? He did forget one. You know which one you forgot? Uh, not off the top of my head. Oh, you just failed your test on a lot. I know. Yes. Sorry. Why? Why? Well, I kind of cover that in my, my just cause and my mission no, and vision. No. And this is the problem, I think, for most of you guys. And so when your pricing conversation started for you, it started even before that, which was, if you remember the question, what business are you in? Right. And, and what was your response? Do you remember? Um, fitness, I think I said. Or, you know, literally yeah, CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah. Right? yeah. Which is understandable because it's in your name, or at least was in your name. And 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 understandably, I think most affiliates fall into that same trap, right? But that's a what, right? And so 
understanding what business you're in means that you have to really truly understand what is your why. Otherwise, you're going to do kind of even what you just did, which was think about what? What am I going to charge? What am I going to do? What am I doing? What am I doing? And so for most of the most, most of the gyms, you have to understand what business you're in. And, and every gym is slightly in the same business, no doubt about it. You're all in fitness to some degree, but that's what you do. It's not why you do it, right? And so for the most part, you're all in the solutions business. And that's, that guides the first part of the pricing conversation because that in itself removes the commoditization conversation. Don't forget why. Don't forget why. Yes. And then, you know before we even got into really like the tactical number stuff and figuring out objectively where better price points lied, it was taking your why and then reflecting on it with your clients and members, really getting back to their own whys and also their pain points. Like, Hey, you know, you came to the gym cause you wanted to lose 10 pounds. We found out that man, there was a lot more to that story and you needed this more than you ever believed that you would have. And it changed your life more than it ever did. And you know, the, the same stories that we've seen play out a thousand times in the affiliate, but like until we stop to appreciate them, to document them, to really look at it objectively, those are just the emotional highs that you don't actually translate or transcribe to a piece of the business. And that's mm -hmm. why you guys can have, you know, somebody in tears getting their first pull up and it's one of, you know, the best milestone moments of their entire life and you feel amazing. And then you get a cancellation email because somebody's moving and it wipes you out. <laughs> so being able to look yeah. it back at your why, figure out the clients wise, figure out their pain points, it sets a better framework for approaching the actual tangible value side of the equation because we remember why we're here, what we're doing, why it matters, and then also what it matters to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember from your your client stuff um you had somebody with like back pain right somebody that had had fairly yep. significant back pain and i think it limited maybe it was a guy limited his ability to play with his son or something like yep. that yeah and it was yep. the rephrasing of like you know that that was the sticky thing that he got out of it as he came in for a little bit of fitness but he figured out he resolved like chronic back pain and now he's got this amazing quality of life and these amazing memories with his family and this ability to play and really enjoy the other 23 hours a day in a substantial way and it was yep. rephrasing through like what do you think you would have to pay him to give it all up again oh you, you couldn't absolutely couldn't and so that, that sets a better way for affiliate owners and coaches to really stop and think about the lens through which they are looking at pricing before even getting into like what it costs and what it needs to make is just like why this really matters and why people actually need it. Yep. And I know that were, they were important conversations after that um, call I had with you guys is going and talking to some of my longer term members of my um, you know, foundations in my community and saying, why did you come here originally? And why was that important to you? And really uncovered some amazing stories and layers and, and for even for them realising why they were really there. And it wasn't even what they thought until they dug around in that space. So they were some really important and, um, you know, um, magical conversations to have. Yay. And would you say that that was a milestone moment in your personal and professional development? 
Yeah, absolutely, because I hadn't had those conversations before or even thought about having those conversations before. And now how hard would and, it be for you to do the things that you do and not have those conversations? Yeah, it, nearly impossible. And I have more and more of those conversations every week. And and not now having to wait till I've got a long-term relationship with somebody, but right off the bat when they come in the door um, is starting to have those conversations from day one to really help people see what their, what their actual why is and how it aligns with ours and how we can help. And how old are you? Um, 47. And how long have you owned the box? Uh, seven and a half years. And so you'd say like, that's very different having those kind of conversations with people early in a relationship, even within the first hour of knowing somebody. Absolutely. Just, and it's changing. Yeah. And you'd say it's probably like the first time that most of those people have had many of those conversations potentially ever in their entire life from anyone, much less somebody yeah. who for all intents and purposes is primarily a stranger. Yeah, essentially. By giving somebody something that they've never had their entire life in a way that really makes them feel heard, understood, cared for, concerned about, do you think that on the client side sets a better framework to view the pricing that then comes? Absolutely. It's, you know, um, really getting them to tap into that and understand that. And the conversations can feel, people can feel a little bit uncomfortable to start with. And it can be uncomfortable to initiate those. But once you start doing it, you don't want to stop doing it because you're just learning about people. And that's, you know, that's our job is to learn about people and help them be better people. That's that's a great truth to coaching in there. And like Tony and I both joke about it, but one of our favorite lines that we apply into coaching stuff is uh, one of the Steve Carell pieces from The Office. We're like, why are you the way you are? And that's mm. really how we view a lot of coaching is like, why are you the way you are? Because coaching is behavioral and we've ranted on that in the past. So anyway, back to pricing stuff. Um, that's getting back to the why for both the gym owner the coach, the client, that, that focal point of why sets a much better relationship to go into the actual nuts and bolts of pricing. Mm -hmm. So then what did we do? Uh, then we actually started looking at some of the, the nuts and bolts of going, okay, well, you know, even basic stuff as to what do you need to, to fill your, your why and your just cause and to support that rather than just arbitrary, I think I've got, you know, I'm just chasing more and more members, for example. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, going through that process of, okay, let's look at the, look at the data. Well, I think that there's, there's a starting point for this conversation that I think is probably overlooked as everybody that listens to this because everybody wants the answer, which is, what should I charge? Right. And so I think the first conversation is you have to understand what price is and price is essentially just the mutually agreed upon contractual conveyance of value. Right. So price is an afterthought. It is not an initial thought. And in a lot of instances, though, a lot of businesses start with price first, like these are my memberships, these are my rates. And then as an exchange, they figure out what they can then provide at that price point. That's ask backwards from how it's supposed to be, right? I mean, 
imagine, imagine if somebody was fixing your car and they were like, it's going to be 150. They hadn't even looked at it. They hadn't not even touched the car yet. You're like, seems like a good price. Now that mechanic's got to figure out what he can actually fix on your car for $150. And you might very well find out that when you leave the garage, it's still not even actually fixed, but frankly, you ran out of money. And that is comical, but it is really the contractual obligation and the conveyance of value that exists in most affiliates and that they start with 155 unlimited, and then they try to figure out what they can cost effectively provide at that price point to allow for them to make money. But if you hone in on this, the, the second part of that conversation, which really should be the first part, which is value, value is linked to why, right? And so without your why, you're left to come to the realization that there's really two types of affiliate owners. There's affiliate owners with a why, and then there's affiliate owners without one. Um, it doesn't necessarily make them bad. It's just that there's a large chunk of the population of affiliate owners who have very compelling whys, right? You know, hypothetically speaking, they're the ones who decided that their affiliate needed to exist because they know what it was like to wake up brutally in pain, completely unaware of what they needed to do, how they were going to take action, what needed to be done. And they found this thing called CrossFit and it completely changed their life. And there is no reality that was going to exist in the future where they did not share that with as many people as possible. Right? What's that worth? Way more than a handful of classes per week, mm. right? And, and I think that what ends up happening to the gyms who do have a compelling and a profound why, you know, that is similar in nature to that one, is that assuming that they have that why, that led them to take action, they dumped the savings, they bought the gym, and, you know, they built the gym, and instantly from that day forward, they get overwhelmed, and then it all becomes about what, right? <laughs> what am I gonna charge? What am I gonna do, what, you know? What, is, what am I gonna call it, et cetera. And, and I think that that is a natural sort of progression for most people. But if you go back to that version of you, that profound version of you that had that why, and if it wasn't about price, and it was about why, what would you do for every person who walked in that door who was just like you? And then do that. Then figure out what that's gonna cost you. That's your price. But if you sell out on your price because you don't think people can serve it, which is what happens in most, or people can pay it, which is what happens in most affiliates, it's a failing proposition. And it starts with a why. And that's why the why matters so much. It's not because it's foo-foo and it's not about, you know, getting back to some ethereal reality where you're like, yeah, I'm a hippie walking around barefoot in my gym with a profound why. It's that like your why dictates how much your gym is worth. Because the answer to the question is, once you found your why, how much would I have to pay you to give up on it? Yeah, you couldn't, not now that I have it. Right. And that changes everything about what you're willing to charge, the conversations you're willing to have, the negotiations, the sales, etc. But if you don't, and it's just about memberships and rates, how much would I have to pay you to walk away from selling memberships? Not much at all. Just probably no. anything because most of them are made. Anything, yeah. Right? Most of them would yeah. pay to get out. Yeah. Not and, most, and but many. Many. And that's a, it's an interesting perspective because thinking back when I started, it was, okay, I'm charging this much now. What can I do to make that worthwhile? And you wind up giving like way above the, you know, A, what it costs you and to do you that. you become but, resentful, right? Because then you're mm -hmm. like, I'm giving you all this stuff and you're not using it. I'm trying to do nutrition mm -hmm. for you. You're not taking advantage of it. And you try and you do and you do and you do, but 
The other unfortunate side of this contractual conveyance of value is that the people that pay, pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. And so charitably giving things away because you know that they need them, but you haven't figured out how to charge for them sets them up to fail because they know they need nutrition. You know they need nutrition, but they don't likely take advantage of nutrition because they're not paying for nutrition and they don't think that it's a part of what they're actually supposed to be doing. Mm. Right? And, and that's, that's just part of it. That's a, that's a, that can be a, and I know it was for me, um, suddenly starting to charge for all these things and going, oh, this feels really uncomfortable now because you feel like, you know, the cliched, it's not about the money. I'm not here to be rich. Um, I want to help people, you know, that old chestnut that goes around and around. But then you, when you start having those conversations and then, and start doing that, it can be a, you know, a powerful shift, um, mentally, but it is, it can be a challenge for affiliate owners for well, sure to let's zoom in on that. that. Let's, let's like, let's actually take that apart a little bit because I think this is the crux. And I think that there's, there are a ton of affiliate owners, gym owners, coaches that are still really centered in their why. And they understand that it's valuable, but they don't know how to connect the dots for making it value to somebody else or their own self-limiting beliefs and false stories about money stand in the way. Mm-hmm. Tony had mentioned that like people that pay, pay attention. And so some things that are helpful in reframing this, you have people inside of your gym that have average client values of likely five, six, $700 a month. And you mm-hmm. don't even stop and like really understand that. That it means yep. that like, not only do you have ample room to do very different things with your pricing, it's that it's already happening organically because people want to be served at a higher level. And so that's mm-hmm. interesting to reflect on. When a lot of affiliate owners are hung up on their basic base membership price, they don't stop to look at like, you know what, like 20% of my gym pays like 80% of my bills. And these are all the best people that make the most referrals mm-hmm. and they're the most coachable and they're absolute anchors in our community and they're a pleasure to coach and they're incredible to work with. And they don't send me any shitty emails about the programming. They don't send any stupid messages about the music because they're like, oh, you know what? I pay you all this money because you're an expert and I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. And it works out really well. Mm. And so that's a helpful reframe to realize that like the prices that you want to charge, but you're afraid that nobody will pay. Somebody's already paying it. And you didn't even have to have a conversation. You just solved more of their problems at a higher level. Yeah. And then recognizing the nature of transactions and investments as a whole. We talk about it a lot through the, the, the easy example of broccoli and water. Like everybody in fitness knows that they should eat more broccoli. Everybody in fitness knows that they should drink more water. But nobody does it until they hire a nutrition coach. And then they start doing the things that they already knew that they should be doing the whole time because they had the ability to invest in themselves. Really investing transactionally in ourselves, it it gives us a milestone moment that allows us to facilitate changing our identity. Because if I failed every nutrition program I've ever been on my entire life, but then somebody comes to me with an opportunity to invest in myself for several thousand dollars to create like financial pain that is unlike anything else that I've ever put myself through, that is the milestone moment that, you know what, like the old me, the fat me, the one that struggled with food, well, they didn't do things like this. They didn't make these investments. Mm. And so a lot of things that, I, that we have found over, over the years that like really help coaches and gym owners understand that 
you have an ethical obligation to price according to value because that's the only way that people change their behaviors. CrossFit's been putting the world's best programming on a website for free for decades. And a million fucking idiots are still running around trying to figure out what program they should buy from some internet influencer for $300 a month because they think it's going to give them better results. And it's really that they need the opportunity to transact in something so that they can value it. And that's what they don't understand. I mean, if, if obviously, if you're a listener, I suppose at this point, if you've gotten this far, you clearly know that like pricing is a problem, right? I mean, otherwise, you probably would have just nexted to the next episode of the podcast. But if you somehow have listened this far, I think we can all agree that like price is clearly an issue, um, which I think that you can all probably assume that is an issue in most affiliates. And I think it's kind of a, I don't know, an Easter egg or a, a conveyance of value here. I'll give you a, a bit of a disclaimer and that is that if you own a, a CrossFit gym, or you own an affiliate, you're not in the fitness business, you're in the solutions business. Right? And if you find yourself in the fitness business, you're going to have a bad time, right? Because I think even just in that simple conversation and that reframe of, of understanding that you're in the solutions business, which means that you are, people are paying you to solve their problems and you are going to use CrossFit to do that. That's worth a lot more money than selling somebody a membership, right? Because if, if you came to me or I came to you and I had a problem and you were in fact able to solve that with the tools that you have at your disposal, I would probably pay you a lot of money to be absent of that problem. But if I come to you and I think I have an idea of what the solution to my problem is, and that is this fitness membership that I probably don't want to buy anyways, I know I'm really just going to be paying to suffer. I was like, I'm going to likely nickel and dime you until I get it for as cheap as possible because I likely know that I'm going to fail at it, right? Because I failed at every other one. So the last thing I want to do is give you a bunch of money and fail at the same time. And so understanding what business you're in, although we typically reserve that conversation for most of our clients, is a very important paradigm shift for all of you guys. And so that's the first part of it. But the second part is understanding what really happens in that conversation. And that is essentially conveying belief, right? Like all coaching is, is sales. And we've talked about this and we'll talk about it probably ad nauseum, but like if sales is simply just a conveyance of belief and that you have the solution to their problem, that's worth a lot more money. But if they find their problem to be very profound and very you know, deeply rooted and problematic and they've struggled with their whole life, and you hit them with a $100 solution to that problem, it doesn't align mm. with the solution, right? Like Chuck said it, they need to pay an exceptional amount of money, not because you need to make an exceptional amount of money, but you have to compete with what they perceive their level of pain to be. And likely, if you've been overweight your whole life, that's like, it's got to be worth thousands, right? Like it can't just be as simple as a $100 membership. We know it is, right? Like you probably don't even need mm. a membership. You could have done CrossFit for free forever, but like when they pay two grand up front or three grand up front, and I'm not saying you have to charge that, you're going to have a much higher rate of success. And so while you are in the solutions business, you're really truly in the utilization business. And I think this is the other part of the conversation that is missed from a lot of affiliates. And that is that if I'm paying you to solve my problems, the solution to my problems is actually taking advantage of as many services as possible as the gym can provide to me, right? That is not how the membership model works. 
The membership model is piggybacked from essentially the commoditization model, which is low utilization. Pay me, don't show up, right? You have to understand that you're in a different model because you're going to use a tool, CrossFit, and your knowledge to solve the problem. And the only way that you're going to do that is if they utilize it, if they take advantage of it more hmm. often. Well, who's going to take more advantage? The person who's paid a bunch of money or the person who's paid a little bit of money? Hmm. That's what you have to understand. You're not in a commoditized market. You're in a very individual market. There's only a handful of other gyms in the area who are going to solve problems and they're affiliates and they're not your competitors because nobody else is solving problems. It's only you guys. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is providing fitness. They're providing commodity, right? I mean, the average like female metropolitan female has like five gym memberships now and pays over $500 a month because they just go places. You're not trying to compete with that. She needs one. And, you know, as, as a, you know, that part of my journey, that was really difficult for me to get my head around. But then once I did and, and then you start offering a higher service or upserving and having members then I, I think I'd said to you, like, oh, no, none of my members would, would do that. And then next thing I had five people sign up for something. You're like, oh, and, you know, had better results in eight weeks than they'd had in the previous four years. Sure. Identity yes. is interesting. Mm. Beliefs are interesting. Well, I mean, the, the value part of it is the first part of the conversation, right? Understanding the value conveyance, which is, you know, really what we just talked about. The second part, which I think is the next part of this conversation, which is, okay, now that we know why you need to charge more money, what does that price point actually look like? Because I can imagine if you're listening, you're probably like, well, I don't want to make it expensive and make it exclusive to only wealthy people. That's not what we're saying. I mean, Inevitably, for you to do what needs to be done to solve their problems, you're going to have to do a lot of work. There's going to be a lot of exchange of value there because like, you're going to have to show up and you're going to have to provide it. And so the second part of that conversation is knowing how much it actually costs you to service a membership or service a solution. And that changes a lot of things about a lot of people because when we work through that with the clients, they're like, oh, I am nowhere near profitable on any of these memberships they don't know what they need for per class to break even they don't know what they need per membership to break even they don't know what their cost per class is and so not knowing those things is the second part of the fallacy so everybody thinks like i would just be happy if you gave me 150 bucks that's like free money i'm like yeah well it's costing you 176 dollars per person and they're like huh mm. and that's not rare right and, and that's so just to be where you are and where you've been, not to actually get where you're going and have like, you know, full staff or owner income or like mm. profit, interesting shit like that. Mm. So not knowing yeah, the actual present day expenses, but also not building in an expense to provide for the future that is desired. And also um, one of the mistakes that's often made, and I know that I made it, is that you value your time at zero and think, well, if I'm doing a class, it's costing me nothing versus paying a coach to run it. Oh, and the cost for that class is $25. And then when I dug into all of those numbers and factored in, I was like, oh, right. And then when you average out what each person is paying per class, you're like, oh, right. to be here. Great, perfect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> those three noon classes? You mean we pay for all those people to have memberships? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's having that, that thought and going and also learning to value your own time that, 
well, me running a class is potentially more expensive than somebody else running a class. You know? Right. I mean, and, and the, the thing that you have to understand is that it's not about charging a bunch of money making fitness exclusive, right? It's not about creating a price point that excludes people from their ability to participate. It's understanding that you cannot help everybody. I mean, I would love if you could, if you could find a way to do this charitably and for free and, you know, have it, you know, crowdsourced or whatever or funded, uh, I would be all on board with that because absolutely people need more fitness, but they don't fit in your gym. You can't have 500 clients. You probably can't even have 150, right? And so I mean, the average person that comes in seems to have somewhere around 70, right? And they think that the solution to their problem is more people but they never stop to consider how many can I actually service. And that number mm-hmm. is really, really scary when you do the math. You're like, wait a minute. I can only have like 100 more people in here because I'm going to hit class capacity. Because you guys have this fool's errand where you think that like the sky is the limit in terms of membership. But it's not. Right. It's, it's a mm-hmm. failed. It's an impossible profit model for a reason. And each client starts to cost more money and they take up more space and they limit more class structure. And it becomes a big problem. The average, the average of all the clients that come through, their ACV needs to be somewhere around $225. (laughs) The average client that comes in though, their ACV is around $80, right? And so you have two options. You can stay at an $80 ACV and have 500 clients, but they don't fit in your gym and your service model. So that can't work. And you have no idea how you're going to move from 80 to 225, given the fact that you only sell $150 memberships. Now you see the problem, right? Mm. You have to understand that people want you to solve their problem and they will pay you to solve your problem, but you're not talking to them about their problem. They come sit down with you. And instead of talking to them about what their problem is, you tell them what your problem is. These are my three membership rates. Which one would you like, right? That's your problem, not theirs. And then they have to decide, What's the value for them? Instead, you could just ask them questions and get to their pain. And then that's worth a lot more money and then solve their problem. It has nothing to do with a membership. It was never meant to be about a membership. I don't know where it came from and how that became standard practice, but I think it's the same way that like kicking up against the wall as a handstand pushup became the default standard when it should have always been freestanding. It's just that nobody could get to freestanding. So we all democratically and collectively were like, the wall seems good enough. Let's stop there. Yeah, it's all good for wall. Let's do wall. <laughs> yeah. And so all of a sudden, like the solution was that's a hit, but it's not even a handstand pushup, right? It's a wall lean where you touch your head to the floor, right? You understand that movement, but that's the same problem that came about at, from the memberships is that like nobody knew how they were going to charge accordingly. So they just arrived at this democratic solution of like unlimited membership. And we all did it, right? I mean, we all fell into that trap, but some of us were much earlier on and were able to take advantage of it much sooner. But had anybody ever realized the model was always there, go back and look at the garage in Santa Cruz. It was paying for personal training in a group setting. Mm. And everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, and you're very true. That that original, um, when you talk, listen to the people who started there, like, the Annie Sakamoto's and stuff, it was like we were paying, we were getting personal training and then he said, oh, we'll just come in a group with these other people, but nothing else changed. Nothing. And it, that's and then that's how it then flipped when affiliate owners started or 
owners started buying affiliates and opening them, they're like, okay, well, I need to get all these people in. I'm doing it in bulk, so I need to charge less. Yeah, the well, first fault was Because everybody's like, bad at reading the directions. Yeah. There's, like, the game plan is laid out, and I, I can only speak to this with confidence because I fucked up, too. Like, Greg told everybody, he told you, he's like, start in your garage until your HOA kicks you out, until it gets so sketchy that you make a good decision, you're like, well, we've got to upgrade. And then where do you go? You go to a storage unit until what happens? They kick you out or until it gets too sketchy. But all of us had too much of our ego and identity tied into it. And so we needed to have a bigger place with more stuff that had our name on it so that we felt special. Um, Even though we were doing it for all the right reasons, we didn't follow the formula. Whoops. Mm. It all became yeah. a what really fast. What what equipment do I buy? What do I name it? Like none of that stuff even needed to exist. Just buy a barbell until you don't have enough and then go on Craigslist and buy another one. Instead, like now you have infinite access to information and we've seen how that's played out for society, right? It's just it's not gonna necessarily help the conversation at all. You just have to like, get back really to really think about it. Hold on. I'm sorry to step on you verbally, but like to really think about the collective finishing out the closing lecture at their L1, where they're like, now you got to go and put this stuff to use. Go get a broomstick. Mm. Go get your neighbor. Teach him how to overhead mm. squat. And everybody else is like, so what you mean is go find a piece of commercial real estate and jump on Rogue and build out like a $50,000 <laughs> equipment list a line and then get up every fucking relative I have and scrounge together <laughs> opening an actual business when I don't even know like what I'm doing. But that's exactly how you forget your why and it quickly becomes a what, right? The why dragged you to your L1. The why was the reason why it was so important that you spent that weekend there so you could understand what the fuck it was about this secret that was that, that changed your life for the first time ever. And so the only solution was go to my level one. And you go to your level one and you learn the magic and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to change the world. And then from you walk out that door and it quickly becomes about what? I go open up my fucking Amex plum card. I go sign a corporate lease. I go do all these things. And now all of a sudden you got six grand of overhead. You can't think about why anymore. The what is I got to pay this fucking bill, right? It's like, my why just got thrown in the garbage because I was like, uh, I fucked up, right? And that's ends up what's, I mean, that's comical and it might be large, but it's really what truly happens. And it's always been right there. I mean, Greg said it before, you don't need membership software, you need a pen and a piece of paper, right? Like until you can't keep track of them anymore, then you get software. But we all got too big, too fast. And then you quickly forget your what, you quickly forget your why and you start thinking about what, and then the whole thing gets more confusing. And then, but the solution is the solution. So yep. that's the problem. Just so we're clear, all you got to do to change all of that, all of your mistakes, all of your fool's errands, all the things that you've done is realize you don't sell memberships, you sell solutions. And the only thing you need to do to do that is the best part of owning an affiliate. Talk to people. Instead of telling them what you do, ask them what they want to do. That's it. Do you think that uh, some affiliate owners are so buried in the what and overwhelmed with that that they've forgotten how to do that? It's like someone's in front of me, and I know I've done it, and when you're operating in that place of scarcity, it's like you feel like 
okay, uh, Tony, you're in front of me. You, I really hope you mm. like me because I really need you to to join. And it comes from that rather than talking to people. It's like almost, um, you know, begging them to be part of what you're doing. Yeah, you're and they terrified. don't even understand what you're doing. You don't know how you got them there in the first place. So the last thing you want them to do is walk out the door. So you're like, I'm going to hit them over the head with this bag under the desk. And at least when they wake up, they'll be mid-workout. And hopefully their, <laughs> their credit card falls out of their pocket, right? Like, <laughs> so I think that, yeah, people don't want, they don't, they don't want to talk about it because, you know, they are so hyper fixated on like, holy shit, I need to make money. Uh, and that's part of it. The other part of it, too, is that, they want to talk to people, but they're afraid of getting into a very intimate and very genuine conversation and then having to hit them with the disingenuous. So cool. Thanks for sharing that. Like, which one would you like to buy, Lisa? Right? Like, and that's what they end up doing, right? Like, you didn't have to tell me that. Like, that is an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that, Lisa. Let's get started. That's all they want. You don't even have to make it about the price point. Because if you yeah. told me your problems, wouldn't you be like, let's go? Right. Like, but instead of, of asking your problems and you telling me your problems, if I told you what I do here, you're going to freely decide it. I don't think that, that actually fits my perception of what I need, because clearly I have an idea what I need, because that's how I got fat in the first place. Right. Like, so if you let them decide, oh, I think CrossFit's going to work for me, they're going to they're going to decide on something cheaper. Right? They're going to be like, I'm thinking Planet Fitness for 10 bucks. That makes more sense. And then I'll use that to get fit so that I can come back. But wait, the yeah, problem is that you're fit not enough. fit. And that's what we do here is we solve for fitness. <laughs> well, and it's also like, man, the, the all of the secrets of life are just so hidden in plain sight that like, if you have somebody that's obviously struggling with all of these things, how crazy is it that at the end of it, you turn back around to them to make a decision? You have yeah. an enormous amount of objective proof and you just went through an hour of story time about why it's never worked out and every decision that they've ever made that was wrong. You're like, well, would you like to make another failing decision? <laughs> well, I guess it's a bit like a sick person going to the doctor and then the doctor saying, well, what treatment do you want to do? Like, what do you think we should do? It's like, yeah, I don't know, you're, you're like, the doctor. Or would you like surgery? Like, nobody, yeah. I don't know, you tell me, right? Like, yeah. And that's the happening. And in I think that the other part of it too for is a is a belief conversation is that really what you're providing is the ability to shrink time, right? Because I'm not saying they're incapable of making their own decisions. I'm not saying that they're incapable of solving their own problems. They could absolutely, with some degree of success, not choose to move forward with you, go get their plan of fitness membership, get a nutrition template, Jenny Craig or something similar, put those pieces together, you know, bumble around in the dark for a while, a few months, years or otherwise, and get themselves to a point of success. I've seen it happen enough times and it's amazing, just the same. But you know, and I know, and we know that if they just came to you, you would shrink time. And that's really what you give back to them is that you could go figure this out on your own or you could just trust me and I will shrink time for you and we'll get you to success much faster because I have seen this before. I've been there personally. I've done this before and you can trust me. But if you're selling them a gym membership, there's no trust conversation for the same thing you just said about the doctor, right? Like imagine going to the doctor, getting your full workup and then him being like, well, what would you like to pay me? Fix it, right? You'd be like what it costs. I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm trying to not lose my leg here, doc. And, and like, 
And that's really what ends up happening, you guys. You have this whole conversation and it's like, would you like unlimited or three times a week? You tell me. What do I need? Right? So you can't, you can't have a genuine conversation about how you're going to solve their problem and then at the very tail end of it, turn around and let them make their, their decision. They don't even want to. Yeah. Well, that seems like a perfect note to to round out on. I think that there's been a lot of uh, gold in that one, gentlemen, to even, you know, help affiliate owners start thinking about that. I know when I started uh, going through that, it was quite daunting and overwhelming and you're realising when you look back, you're like, what I thought was my problems as an affiliate owner, they weren't my problems. And, um, you know, even going through that process, you know, personally is, is a is a changing thing. But just thinking about it and, and looking at, your, you know, why you're doing what you're doing can be um, very powerful for people to do. Well, if you just choose to care about it, I think you could take something that is probably the most frustrating part of your business, the price and the value conversation, and turn it into what is truly your superpower because it is the fun part of your business, having those conversations. Because, you know, 90% of the relationship is developed in the first 10%. Right. And so if you if you don't spend that time and that 10 percent making that investment, you ruin the rest of the 90 percent. So, you know, they all know that we all know that yet. We just don't feel like we're supposed to do it in that situation. So do what you want to do. Have fun with them. Have the conversations, have and develop a meaningful relationship, solve their problems, turn your frustration into your superpower and make more money at the same time. Then you're going to save the planet because you're not going to save the planet if you go broke. No. That's important to remember. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. Uh, All right, guys, thank you for that. And um, we'll catch you on the next one. See you next time. Always a pleasure.